That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? Alrighty. Are we okay? I think we're all right. All right, here we go. Next episode. Back, back again. <laughs> we're talking about communication today. That's that's the plan. I love communication. I, I'm such a great communicator. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's 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 crazy how um we think about communication mostly verbally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's physically, right? Uh it's visual. Um, there's so many forms of communication. Art is communication. Leadership is communication. Uh, communication is communication. What do you think? I think the one of my favorite quotes, the biggest misconception about communication is that it occurred. Especially when you're bringing in leadership kind of stuff. Okay, explain that. Explain that to me. How many times has somebody said something to you or you've said something to somebody and then later you're you're circling the wagons, you're circling back around. Right. And they're like, that's not what you said. Or <laughs> I thought you meant this. Yeah. I mean that I mean it happens at, at work and at home. You know, was, we both married. Yeah. And uh, we, yep. you know, and we can I've learned not to try to interpret what she says and actually ask detailed questions to make sure I understand what she means. And that's the fundamental of what I'm talking about. The biggest misconception is that it occurred. So just because you say something doesn't mean that the other person received it. Facts. Or doesn't mean they received it in the way that you meant it. That's a, that's a hard, you know, as we were driving down here, we talked about like writing and things like that. And understanding communication helps in every uh, us speaking us doing this podcast us uh, talking to our spouses or our, our children or our friends and we have to be like a within communication we have to be a jack of all trades right because every time you communicate with someone different it's a totally different experience and it we grow up like especially when we're young we grow up and we think we can just be one way this is how I communicate. Everybody needs to get on my page. And then you start realizing it is, no, you, for you to actually function in this world, you need to be versatile and be able to communicate with multiple people on multiple levels. And I think that's the beauty and the art of leadership. That's, to me, the best leaders are the ones that are able to do that. It's almost like being multilingual in a way. They're able to communicate at so many different levels and in so many different ways with so many different people that it's like, that's the beauty of it. That's how it works. If, if, uh, in fact, I was working with a client the other day and, and I was saying in this person's position, your job is to be kind of the bridge. And I used to tell the chiefs, the new chiefs in the Navy all the time, the same thing. Your job is to be the bridge. You have to be able to speak the language of the people that are at the deck plates at the ground level. Right. And then you also have to be able to talk to what I call the powder wigs, right? The, the people in the puzzle palace. <laughs> the powder, like, like in the old like colonial days. Like that's what days, I was imagining like with the, the powder wigs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, but you have to, you know, there's a, there's a different, because these people are probably speaking in a different way, but they're also talking about different things. And if it's, you know, one of the things that's often argued about is, let's say, money, right? So the people down here need something to do their job, right? right? We need this new piece of gear to, to be able to perform our job better. But the people up here, 
with the powder wigs in the Puzzle Palace say, well, that's not in the budget, or we haven't forecasted for that. But the reality is the folks down on the ground are the ones dealing with it, but they don't know all the stuff that is going on behind the scenes, and we were just talking about this on the way down as well. And the people that are behind the curtain, they don't know. I mean, when was the last time they did whatever it is that people on the ground are doing? If so, ever. Some, I'm about to say sometimes never. Sometimes never. <laughs> so the, the this one particular person I was talking to, this client, there are a lot of people in the organizations where their job is to be the bridge. They have to be able to cross this side of the bridge and talk to the people on the ground and then sometimes translate what they need to the people in the Puzzle Palace and vice versa, be able to explain to the people on the ground, hey, listen, we can't do that right now because of X, Y, Z. That's, I mean, that's a whole different side of communication. Right. But when we're talking about the art of being able to speak to so many different people, that's what comes to mind for me. I struggle with, I struggle with talking to a lot of people at first because I was vague. Like, um, I'm like, I'm a straight to the point, succinct type person. I don't want a whole bunch of uh, extra. Like, tell me what we need to do. You know, the five W's. Yeah. Like, I just need the five W's, the, the bluff, the you know, uh, bottom line up front. And people want to go to all this extra. So I used to like just send information, like even with everything I did, and just A B C. And people were like. They didn't understand. And I was angry at them because I said, how can you not get it? How can you not understand? And looking back at it, I'm like, I can try to mirror that around, turn around and ask myself, how can you not get it, Morgan? How can you not understand? And now that as I speak to clients, right, I have to go into it in an in a, understanding. Like first, I have to go through my mind. And like, who am I talking to? What are we talking about? And what is the best way to relay this information so they understand it, not that I understand it? And another thing that, that I was taught is, when you, especially when you're doing written communication, and you can do this in verbal too, is being able to answer the questions that you think are going to be asked, right? That's going to be more, it's going to make it more valuable. They're going to feel like they're on the same page as you, and it opens up the, the conversation for a little bit more transparency. And it, it has really helped me in, in, in those communication skills as we deal with different clients, professional, athletic, home, and not just saying this is my way and being succinct because sometimes we tell ourselves, well, this is the way it has to be. This is the way it should be. This is the you, If I do it that way, then you're changing me. Yes, you need to be changed because if you're stuck in one way, that means your, your growth is stunted. You need to continue to evolve and it's me and my writing, doing it more often, doing things that feel uncomfortable to me, having conversations. Um, I work with a I work with a client, and he's a real estate agent. And he told me he's like, um, I really need to have more clients. I need to make more money. I said, Well, how many people you talk to today? Right? That's the that's what it's a sales business. How many people you talk to today? Uh, I talk to like three or four. I say, Well, you need to talk to more people. Well, I got a problem with that. I don't really like talking to people. I said, you're probably in the wrong business, <laughs> right? Because if, if you look at it, if, even if you look at uh, active, you know, service, the military service recruiters, they're, they're literally, I have a, a, a Marine that just went out there. She has to talk to at least 100-plus people a day. Like, that's the, that's the norm to actually hit the numbers that they need, right, that volume. But what it, it don't, that doesn't only, like, create income for you or business for you, 
but it also that repetition gives you the skills to be able to talk to anyone, right? The reason I can talk so well because I talk to everybody. I, I get different points of views, and I'm willing not only to talk, but the other important part is to listen. What I was just going to bring that up there. <laughs> so the flip side of that coin is listening for sure, and you knew I was going to go there. But I would also, back to defining things, is talking the same as communication? I would say, is talking the same as communication? No. Because you can be like uh, Charlie Brown's mom. Wah, 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 wah. Exactly. (laughs) That's all they're hearing. You think you're saying everything, but to them you're saying nothing. I've encountered a lot of leaders, and I'm sure you have throughout the years, that they talk a lot, but they're not really communicating with their people. And that's... I think we both have clients like that, even right now. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that really, when I think of communication and helping people with that, that's what comes to mind for me. Because you will find people that say, well, I talk to people all the time, and I'm thinking of the recruiter, and that's a different situation. But the recruiter is out there because they're, they're trying to get people in. The salesperson is out there because they're trying to sell. But if you look at the at the successful recruiters and the successful salespeople, they probably do just as much listening as they do talking because they're listening to what the client or the person needs. And then, you know, so that's where the communication piece starts. For me, like I, someone asked me, I don't know if it was a, some other interview I did or another podcast, like what makes me good at what I do, right? And it took me 42 years to figure it out, right, to, to see what I'm really good at. But I'm able to, I'm not just, talking to them and they're not just talking to me i'm i'm watching them i'm dissecting the words they're using not only what they're saying how they're saying it in the tones that they're saying it, and what is connecting into the situations it's um finding the need behind the need right looking yes. looking bit looking at going not just superficial but going like going deeper into the conversation and really looking for the person for who they are. Like when I talk to an individual or when I get to know somebody, the only way I can coach them efficiently is to build a relationship of transparency and trust, right? Because I need them to be able to tell me everything, and then I need to have the skills or develop the skills enough to say, you're, you're holding something back. You're, you're hiding something. Or you're, you're fearful from mentioning a certain subject. Because that's where they need my help. And I was talking to somebody the other day, too, similar in a conversation, right? I, I'm i not an artistic person, and it baffles me when somebody I don't can like just, when you say that. What? We just talked about this. You are an artistic person. Yeah, but I'm talking, okay. It's, I, it's, it takes creativity to surf. Right, well. If okay. you saw my surfing, maybe you would not. Maybe it's you still would creative. It's just like probably a little bit abstract. Yeah, I'm, I'm the Picasso of surfers. Uh, but no, I'm talking about like, you know, somebody can paint a beautiful picture and you ask the artist, how do you, how do, you do that? And they, I just see it. I feel, for me, to, to your point, I'm, I can do that with culture. If I walk into an organization, I can feel when it's bad and I can see, I can see where the breakdown in communication is and what's causing mm-hmm. the issues. Same thing with, you know, when I'm working with clients, I can see the underlying story that, that is, it's maybe not even being verbally, uh, they're not saying it out loud, but there's something going on there. Their story is creating a story for you. That's right. I can yeah. see those things. Other than what they're trying to portray. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why or how, 
maybe it's from watching way too many movies and TV, you know, but there's that subtext. And it's a matter of being able to, to help pull that out. And that's, I think, coach to client kind of stuff. But what about leader to team members? So that leads that that leads into this. Like that leads into the point, like how the people listening or the people that we 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 deal with that we're talking to professionals, we're talking to leaders of organizations, um, athletes or whoever our family. And how do we impart how we do mm-hmm. what we do? Because when they're when they're listening to us and we're working with them, they're trying to get the skills that we have. So how how do we how do we share that? How do we teach that? Like that's that's the that's the harder question, I think. Like, like what would you do to go about in 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 that first step for somebody's if if they needed to look a little bit deeper? Like what what do you think if you had to kind of like draw out the steps on how to create the curriculum on how to be a better listener, a better communicator, what what would that look like? Well, in, for me, absolutely, it's it's starts with listening. And I always kind of go back to the saying, you know, two ears, two eyes, one mouth. So you should be listening and watching twice as much as you talk. I like that. Everyone should start there. And I, the leaders that I've seen or, you know, just anybody who's working on their communication skills, and I think we're all evolving. We're always trying to be better communicators. But the people that are maybe not so good at it, it usually starts with not listening enough. Not listening, not observing, not absorbing what's going on. They always want to talk. They always want to be the one with the point to make. And it's funny, uh, one of our listeners hit me up on, I think it was Instagram or one of those, and said something about, I love how ego keeps popping up in the in every episode. And I said, I'm sure it's going to make another appearance. And <laughs> here it is. And here it is, right? For, I, I don't remember here who that was, is. but here's here's <clears throat> ego. Ego comes into play when we're talking all the time. And people that talk more than they listen, it's it's usually ego-driven. That's... You're talking about listening and 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 being attentive. You know, it for me, it's exactly that. It's reading the books. I'm silent, but I'm taking in information. It's uh, it's having conversations with people and listening. It's practicing every aspect of communication. It, it's just doing it because how do you become a, you know a master? How do you how do you master art? That means you are very you take every step to get the in-depth knowledge of what creates it. Like, what is it? So if I'm looking, I'm trying to be a, like an artist, and I'm looking at um, like creativity, I'm looking at different forms of art. I don't get stuck to one genre. And that, like, like what you're just saying, those people that are not good communicators get stuck to one genre, and that's only talking. Mm-hmm. They get stuck in that area when they should be reading, when they should be watching, when they should go just observe people. Like, see how they move, see how... See how they talk. Like, watch their mannerism. And to to your point, uh, TV does help, right? I didn't say go out here and look craziness and just watch anything, um, because when you start to look, that's the thing. I don't like. That's why I can't watch reality TV because it's reality TV ain't even real. But I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> counter you on that because I will say, <clears throat> I love trash TV. Oh it's my one God. of my it's one of my. Oh, secrets. this podcast is over. We I need a new partner. <laughs> it's one of my secret <laughs> my secret pleasures, right? I love trash TV. It ain't even real. You know, you you can you can see 
and we're good at this. Yeah, I'm, we're good yeah. at, you can watch them, and people are like, oh, my God, she's so mad. No, she's not. They told her to be mad. She don't even look like she ran for real. It, it's, it, it, it's, it's scripted. Scripted anger. Scripted it's a, drama. Morgan, it's in the title. It's <clears throat> real, man. It's reality. No, yeah, you believe that. Like, yeah, there's a hole in my head. But I will say, <laughs> there's, there's so much to be learned from it. And even when my daughter was young, she would watch the Disney shows. And I noticed at times when she was starting to get a little sassy or something like that, I remember having the conversation with her that what you're watching on TV isn't real. Right. They're, they're overemphasizing their emotions because they're acting. Now, so, that's so different can, than so reality TV, That's which is totally real. different. That's reality totally TV is real. Because what she was watching, they're, try, they're literally trying to portray stories and teach through the story. To some degree, yeah. Right. But and, the reality TV is fun now watching with her as a teenager. Because, I mean, obviously, it's, it's egregious on every level, right? They're over the top with everything they do. Love all of their emotions. Uh, and, Orange County wives. and Man, all of it. Love is blind. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, I'm into all of it. But it's fun because they're so over the top that it will spark conversations about, hey, what did you think about that? You know, and it's, they're, and it's just entertaining, right? But they're... The ways that they're communicating are so obviously ineffective. That's why they're there in the first place. Because To create the drama. And I don't know. I don't believe that it's scripted. But what I do believe is that they find people that are that way in real life. How about we meet in the middle and we do both? Maybe. They script people that are that way in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And editing. But those people are, are obviously ineffective and poor communicators because most of them, their egos... Are all about. I don't think to there's be, a show without it that is that good. That's right. That it doesn't have 100 percent ego in it. They they grab all these different characters, these different people with egos bigger than the room, and bring them all into it. That's what makes the drama. So imagine if you've got that in the workplace. So you got to stop speaking with the ego. I mean, I think that's the key. If 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 we had to measure it, and we could have had to show people visually, um, if if you are having arguments or you're having drama or this very uh, what's a better way to say it a uh, dramatic lifestyle that you're living then you really need to not only because you can't work on them you can't help those other people you need to figure yourself out and look like is my ego have does my ego have a part to play in this situation because if you if you can bury the ego for a moment and not not and not listen to them but listen to your inner self Right, listen to the, the that person saying like, "Should I be going through this?" And you, because the ego is telling you, she can't talk to you like that. He can't say that to you. You have to say something back. You have to reply. But if you listen to yourself, that other, um, the other small, gentle voice is like, "It ain't worth it. It ain't walk away." Right. But I think that's where the ego comes into play. Is not the communication with others. It's the communication that we have with self, and that's the part. That affects, like you said, picking those people, their inner communication is off. So the, if, if it's off on the inside, then everything that comes out of it is going to be off too. And so the way that we create that, the way that we change the, the, the way we communicate with the world is first we look within. Absolutely. And listening to what the other person is saying. So if they're, what is it that they're trying to, to get across? Right. And if they're, you know, if it's inflammatory, instead of saying in your in your head that's inflammatory and I have to respond or I have to I have to come back in a in an aggressive way, sometimes asking yourself, 
what is it that's in like what is going on with them or why are they upset is there something that i did you're right you grounding yourself first allows you a better more stable platform of which you can listen to what they're actually saying and if it's if it's if it's lightning and thunder sometimes letting them get that out and then repeating it back to them in a calm way and saying something like, so what I hear you saying is ABC. Repeat it back to them exactly how they said it. A, it lets them hear it out loud. And B, you're giving the, them the opportunity to do one of two things. Either confirm, yep, that's what I said and that's what I meant. Or, wow, that came across way harsher than I thought. Let me reel it back in when and you, let's when, have a conversation. And when you say that, that's what I, I like. You know, you visualize something like you just, you show you said, what I, what I hear you saying is this. And as soon as you say that, the vision comes in my head is most people are saying, that, no, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. Why do they do that? Ego. Well, that's what you just said. All I can, uh, all I can take you for, for face value, right? I can, because even, even I, and I, and I still, I'll, I know where we are. I'll challenge them, but not everybody can do that. And we'll look at that and say, okay, well, if that's not what you're saying, then why are you saying it? Or why did you feel that you had to say it this way for me to understand? It's the best way to learn is to ask questions. Right. Listen, curiosity. Yeah, yeah curiosity. Yeah. Curiosity didn't kill the cat. Let's dispel that rumor, right? <laughs> curiosity is a great thing. But listening to what they're saying, repeating it back to them verbatim, and then, uh, then taking the conversation from there, it grounds everything. It slows everything down so that they can dissect what they said, you can dissect what you've heard, and then deal with it from we there. We use it. I mean, I've used that in, um, I was taught it a long time ago, especially for interview processes, right? Because if you need time to think of an answer, you need time to kind of, um, maybe you don't know it, you know, or maybe you're, it's unclear when you, when you repeat that, that words or those, that sentence back to them. It gives you a time, it gives everybody a time to take a pause. Like, okay, what's going on? How do I move forward from here? Um, and it's not a skill. That in itself is a very valuable skill that most of us don't. Because we think we need to. It's fight or flight. Yeah, I think we need to like come right at it. And that's me. Because um, my wife is like, a, she's a thinker, right? I'm like, just answer the question because I want it now. I want it now. And 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 we we've learned it. It's just like I need to I need to be. I, she ain't the problem. <laughs> I'm the problem because I, I I'm lacking the patience to allow her to develop whatever she needs to say. I want it now because that's what I want. That's probably not what I need though. Because if she answered immediately, I'm, then I would probably say something like, "You don't think about what you had to say." So you can never, never, she can never really she win. She can't win. You know what I mean? And that's a great mm -hmm. example. And this, this applies in the workplace. It reply, applies in relationships. It applies all over the place. Understanding what the other person, what their process is. So your process is what you need is you need it right now. She needs time to think. So there's got to be a, a spot in the middle, even if it's her just saying to you, I need time to think, I'll get back with you. That's your answer right now that, She's going to think and not just walking out, right? It allows her the process to, that she needs, and then you can come back together and, and have the, the actual conversation and communicate effectively. And we see that in the workplace as well. You see it where a leader says, I need this right now. 
but that's where we should we should stop. No, even from my, like I tell you what I what I've learned and what most leaders should learn from this or people that are trying to develop this skill is like what we like you just explained to us like I need I'm a, I'm a right now right now, but if anybody in that conversation needs to fix something, it's the right now person because usually we're I believe we're moving too fast, right? And if if we're moving too fast, then there we're gonna miss something because of that right now mentality. And so I would, what I've learned to do is try to match her a little bit by slowing down. Because usually when we're amped up like that, we want it dead fast and we get the fight or flight type thing and we want it now, 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 now. There's something emotionally happening with us. Like it could be anger, it could be frustration, it could be uh, doubt, it could be fear, whatever it may be. But if you take time, if I take time to slow it, slow my thought pattern down, then I can actually see more of what she's trying to present and be more patient and think through what my next word is going to be because usually the person that's like this is the one that's going to overstep, right? What about two people that are like you that want it right now? They want it fast. They want it succinct. Somebody has to take the high ground. Someone. Hopefully someone does. And that, that comes into, you know, people say all the time, well, it's a 50-50 relationship. Shouldn't it be a 100-100 relationship? Because if you're only bringing 50% and they're only bringing 50%, then you're only getting half of what the other person has to offer. Damn. <laughs> That's a good one. I, I don't even know what to say. Coach Morgan is speechless. I'll listen for the rest of, the rest of the podcast. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> if you're bringing 100% of yourself, then it goes back to what you were saying earlier, Damn. which is you've got to know, you've got to be like so self-aware and self-confident that you have the ability to say, okay, that person needs time to process this. I'm going to take my ego out of it. I know what's up. I'm going to calm down, give them time, and then we'll revisit it. The flip side is the other person, if they're bringing 100%, says, I know that Morgan needs it right now because that's how he communicates. So I'm going to give him enough to kind of state his needs, but also provide myself the time that I need to fully form my thoughts before I get back to you. And you were using the example of, you know, a, a home-based relationship. Correct. But let's talk about that in a business setting. Okay, let's do it. It's the same thing. It's it's the boss coming down or the leader coming down and saying, we've got to have answers right this second. It's actually, I don't want to say it's um, dangerous in a work environment, but I think it is. I think it's more... For the jobs that we've done and some of those times that if you if I, if I can visualize a leader coming down... It's usually a deadline, something that's needed right now. And, but it's, it's, it's a dangerous place to be because you can, you can make or break yourself with that decision, that moment, that reaction. Because you said, oh, I need it right now, and then you just react to it, but you didn't think about the third and fourth order effects. Right? That's the scary part. In some of these, in certain industries, we have to understand that that decision we make is going to affect thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people including the employees including your livelihood um and so how do we prevent how do we prevent that piece from like uh, uh guess uh tearing down what we've built in, in our organization and not giving the employees or the consumer a product that is or information that is not worth it proactive versus reactive 
Right. The majority of the clients that I'm working with that have poor communication or breakdown in communication, silos, all that kind of stuff, they're reactive 99% of the time. And to use that same example, if you've got the leader. Slowing down, though. That's, again, we go back to the slowing down. The proactive is the slowing down. It's slowing down, and it's even getting ahead of it. You know, it's. it's, it's Forecasting. That's right. Correct. And understanding, hey, this is coming up. We're, we're going to have this. And so how are you communicating those things ahead of time? in a way that is allowing the team to know what's coming instead of jumping into a meeting and saying, hey, I need this by the end of today. Even if it's just a matter of saying, hey, you know what? Um, this, stuff is, this stuff is coming down the road. It's not official right now, but giving them tidbits so they can start to think about it, develop plans, develop actions, or at least have it churning so that when it, it does come down, they've already thought, through some of the the things that right. are going to that are coming to bear, slowing down. I think that's what it all comes back to. Good communication and slowing down, being able to be proactive and not be reactive, and slowing down enough to see the future, to forecast what's going to happen, and but at the same time taking those mental and emotional notes um, that occurred that that reoccurs in most of our environments, right, with people, with things, in workspaces, with uh, uh, in meetings. You know, uh, and not not allowing ourselves to continue to be surprised by things that always happen, but we're just not paying attention to them. It's like, are you walking around and say, "Man, you see that? You see that store?" And then I tell you, it's always been there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been there for a year, really. But that, that shows us how we 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 walk through we walk through life. We interact with people. We interact in in a with in our profession, and we just we exist in it, but we're not paying attention to it. Right, and if we're not paying attention, we can't really bring the value that we're capable of bringing if we're just being reactive, you know. And that, that's um, that's growth. Even for me, it, it's taken a while to to do it. And it's I've talked to, like you thousands and thousands of people yeah. over over the last you know forty two years, and it, I enjoy it. I really enjoy seeing people. The way they should be. You ever heard of the book The Alchemist? Mm-hmm. The Alchemist. Uh, Marco Cujillo, I think. No, no, Pablo. Pablo, yeah, yeah. Pablo Coelho, or something yeah. like that. And it talks about the world's language, right? It's it's it's, it's being able to because the alchemy is being able to see within things. So then, with that, you know, in communication, what about body language? Yes. Body language plays. They were into reading it. hawks and all kinds of stuff, the right, trees, right. the wind. Like they used everything to make a decision. So I, I would body language is literally that. Yeah, and it, it factors in a lot. Um, I, I think, and it's something that a lot of people overlook is how their what their body language is telling. And also, and you've probably seen this as well, when somebody's talking to a group of people, they clearly does not know how to read a room. Because the, the crowd is telling them one thing. Head the is, audience is telling them one thing. They, t- they have a side conversation, head is down. Yeah. yeah. Or they're just glazed over, <laughs> like, right? <laughs> and so I think body language is equally important, especially if, if you're in that kind of leadership capacity where you're talking right. to an audience mm-hmm. that isn't talking back to you, because that's different than having a conversation with a group where it's interactive. I just did a speaking thing this last weekend, and my wife was like, are you nervous? I said, no, it's not a keynote. I'm not just talking. You know, it's, it's interactive. And to me, I can do that all day long. And it's, it's fun because you never know where that conversation is going to go. 
you've got your slide deck and you know what you're going to be talking about. But then the stories are going to pop up when you're asking the audience I questions. I love engagement is way – keynote is, like, it's great, yeah. right? And you can really deliver some solid stuff. But where I love – I like the – like the breakout sessions, the group sessions, because that interaction, you can bring so much more value to those individuals, right? Just and like you said, just by telling the story, because guarantee, almost guarantee you, especially something like the biggest that you what you were doing is that person is telling that story. I guarantee you, there's similarities with these other people, right? That you can and that wisdom shares. But if that you know the keynote is only um, I'm giving you information, right? But now you can actually learn from them. And I said that at the end of it. I said, you know, I've I've taken away probably as much as I've provided. And, and some people and, think that's cliche though, but like it's no, real. No, it's real. Yeah, it's, it's real. real. And I had a I was working for one of my bosses and we were going around talking to all these different groups of people. It was amazing. This man was probably one of the greatest listeners I've ever seen. He would we would sit down and talk with this one group and then move to the next group and in the 5 minutes it took us from go to point A to point B. He was already incorporating things that he had learned from the last group in talking to the next group. And the level of detail with which he was listening was just mind-blowing. And I, I remember sitting back thinking about the third time that we'd bounced from group to group. That's, that's a skill that's been honed over decades of solid listening. That's key. And I... And I I was just thinking about like my my history of my life and what I've done the last what twenty four years. I'm a par you know paralegal by trade. The last probably last ten, I've been the basically the director over the organization um, and running a, a law office and working with attorneys. Communication is huge, right? And the skills and that's something they 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 do a lot, right? And they understand advocacy advocacy. Right and uh, litigation is really understanding how can you explain some, how you interpret some, how you show, how do I get you to believe what I'm telling you? Right, that's what it is. That's all it is. Like, do you defend somebody? I need to. I need to convince you that he is. He is sometimes guilty, but he he is not guilty. But at the same time, the other thing is like, oh, let me let me show you why he did break the rules, and it, this is the way it should be. And it's really, I was always told. When you're speaking to somebody and you really want to get the point a point across, learn to paint the picture, right? And that's huge to me because if if you can't put it in a in a view like just if we read a certain picture and you go, it's almost like you go to um, you go to we talked about watching TV earlier and we've had those shows where the guy walk up and he act like he'd be in an art gallery and he'd be like, oh, what do you think about this piece? And this one, somebody says some abstract, yes, I love how it flows and talks about the, the world's understanding, and then somebody else says something else. Well, we all read the picture differently. Like it, look, it means something different to us. But if we're really trying to connect with other people or our own people, we either need to make sure we communicate with the people that have our similarities or we need to learn how to paint the picture where the people can understand what we're trying to portray. And to use your your analogy there, and it's great, I think it's it's also a matter of, to some degree, the artist being able to stand there and say, what do you see? And here's what I was, here's, here's what spoke to me when I painted this. Teaching them something. Teach, right. Yeah. So if somebody says, oh, I see a tree and, and a forest and, uh, you know, a river running through it, then the artist says, yes, that's what I've painted. But what I was trying to get across was how life flows past us so quickly or something, you know, it, it's, it's, that's that two-way communication where they're telling you what they saw or heard or felt, 
And then you're able to to kind of push that back to them. Mm. That that's the key, man. But I, communication is it's is it dynamic though? Like, or is it is it very rigid? It's gotta be dynamic. You sure? It's gotta be. Why? Because if you're rigid in your ways, then it shows that you're inflexible and you're not going to be able to adapt to every single person that you encounter, which is exactly what we were just talking about. I just wanted to make sure I did. I asked that question for a reason, <laughs> right? Because 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 some people some people get stuck and say, "I'm going to be this only way," right? Yeah. As we like come to a close, and I wanted to get you to say that out loud to people is like you can you can stay stuck, you can be one way, right? But then at in, in most one ways, like you're going to go against traffic or you're going to come to a dead end, right? You have to be more dynamic. Being able to read the map, being able to read the directions and, and flow in a different way to go with the traffic, to avoid traffic, to avoid collision, right? That's, you know, as I use the metaphors of driving a car, probably in San Diego, right? You have to be able to see the things that others miss out on. Mm -hmm. And that's going to make you more effective. That's going to make you um, really create an environment where you can understand your people, where you can understand the team that you lead. Uh, and I understand what other teams are doing so you can be proactive in how you respond to an industry's needs or a marketing concern, whatever it may be. But being getting stuck, I think, leaves you lonely and leaves you alone and leaves you broke. And when I'm walking into an organization and I see they've got bad culture or they're, they're siloed, it's because everybody is, is stuck in their ways of communicating. They're not, they're not dynamic. They're not willing to change. They're not willing to really listen to other people. They're just stuck. They say things like this. We've always done it this way. That's right. Or, <laughs> or oh, that's, they have that, no idea. How that work out for you? Yeah. <laughs> or they have no idea what we're going through in our department. This is, I mean, I know we club, but it's funny how people say these things, right? They don't have any clue how we're doing it. So if you're talking to me about it, there's a problem. Like you hire me to fix something, and then you're telling me that you're not willing to really see the problem. You just you want me to come tell you what you really already know. You you just haven't take haven't um, had the courage enough to say. My ego is has no play here. Yeah, and that's the hard thing. So that's hopefully right. that's what you guys got from and gals got from this this podcast is that communication is is a responsibility not only um, to yourself but. It, uh, the communication responsibility in, in everything you do and all the people that you affect. I always tell everybody, never miss an opportunity to shut the front door, the front door being your mouth. <laughs> Some people need to shut their back door too. Because <laughs> they're talking out of something else. That's right. That's right. <laughs> never miss an opportunity to just shut up and listen. Uh, well, it was, this is was a good podcast, man. I appreciate it. Uh, pre everybody is listening. And until next time. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out. See you later.